Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about a new movie that's out on VOD. It is the feature debut from Preno Bailey Bond. It is called Censor. And it is about a woman working in the censor board, uh, making the decisions on what to censor during the era of the video nasties. Over there in England uh, in the 80s, all these crazy, violent horror movies, underground horror movies that, as it turns out, aren't really that out there or underground. Um, Joining me for this one is Chad Clinton Freeman, who shines a light on some of the Video Nasty list, which is available out there to read up on. Although, as we all know, I don't do that much uh, research on this show. So I, I, I watch the movies I watch. I talk about the movies I watch. That's, that's how it goes. Maybe I'll do a quick little, little deep dive before I start recording if I need a few extra notes. But, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, if you want to sponsor the show, then I'll, uh, I'll do a little extra research. But, you know, anyway, uh, we're going to get into that conversation here in a minute. We've got a lot of great puzzle pieces. Chad always brings a lot of great puzzle pieces whenever he's on the show. And uh, it's a really good movie and something that I felt we really should talk about. So I'm glad we are talking about it. So... That is coming up in a moment. I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice, because we have a ton of podcasts coming your way in the coming weeks. We have so many episodes uh, either in the can and ready to go or scheduled to be recorded. Um, It is going to be a busy July. And yeah, make sure you're subscribed because lots of episodes are coming your way. And of course, there's lots of episodes you might not have checked out yet. So make sure to check those out. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser if you like what we're doing here on the show. If you want to uh, leave a review and let us know what you like, what you don't like, I always love hearing feedback from the listeners, so definitely get in touch. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So... With that all said, let's start talking about Censor. All right, Chad Clinton Freeman's back with us to talk about Censor. Chad, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm very happy to be here, uh, especially this episode. I'm excited. So, uh, yeah. 
I, I'm really glad that I've got you here for this one. This is going to be uh, an interesting conversation. It's it's a weird movie, but it's it's a very cool movie and, and unique and, you know, obviously deals with this whole video nasties thing. And I know that you certainly know more about that than I do. Um, so it'll be good to get, you know, some of your input on that. But before we get into um, actually like getting into the puzzle pieces and all that stuff, was this a movie that was like on your radar before it just kind of came out out of nowhere? Once it got selected for Sundance, that, uh-huh. uh, that's when I started, uh, well, that's when I was aware of it. There was no trailer or anything, but I, I saw a photo, I read the little uh, write-up on it, um, and at that point, I started following the director, uh, Prano Bailey Bond, on Twitter, and also mm-hmm. I sought her out on Facebook. Uh- <laughs> And um, I've kind of been stalking her, trying to sure. find out information of when's this movie coming, because i got to see this movie. It's one of those movies that, um, like, it's kind of great the way things are now of how quick we're getting things. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hear of this in, uh, you know, basically January, and here I am uh, halfway through the year, and I've actually seen it and was actually able to buy it you know the day that it was released digitally so um in one regard the the the, the quickness of a movie availability uh, the way things are happening now is pretty cool because this is a movie uh, many years ago i would have had to probably wait a year or two <laughs> to actually see sure yeah yeah so. yeah no now now it'll come out We'll all be talking about it for a week or two, and then there will be like 40 more movies for us to talk about, and that's <laughs> that's uh, that's the way of, of movies right now, yeah. but um, at least it's here right now, and we could talk about it and right, get into right. some things about it, so uh, yeah, I, I've got some, some puzzle pieces, I got some notes, uh, I think there will be a lot of different angles to talk about this one uh, from, but why don't we start jumping into puzzle pieces and... Uh, Along the way, we'll be able to talk about all those other things as well. What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna get the the big elephant in the room out of the way uh, to start with. So mm-hmm. uh, first puzzle piece, I'm just gonna say video nasties, um, sure. and kind of go into that a little bit of what the video nasties are. Basically, in the '80s, you know, when uh, VHS first started coming about and uh, movies that wouldn't have been able to basically be in people's homes all of a sudden were. Um, and uh, there were all these horror movies that were not big budget Hollywood movies or big budget uh, whatever uh, Britain's was uh, back in the day um, mm. that people were able to get their hands on it and watch. And uh, there was a lot of uh, hysteria going on uh, in Britain, that this was influencing everyone in a bad way, and yeah. there was all of this crime on the rise because of it. There were basically anything and everything in society that was wrong. It was because of these videos, uh, these horror movies mostly, uh, that yeah. were corrupting the minds of everyone. Uh, so they uh, came up with uh, basically this board that these films would go through that would censor. Uh, the films and decide, hey, no, this is getting banned. Nobody can watch this. Okay, this one, we can pass it. It's got to get this, this, and this trimmed off of it. Uh, And so there was actually um, a couple of lists of movies. Uh, The big one 
uh, you could be uh, prosecuted. Well, they prosecuted half of these um, successfully, like actually went after the films themselves and completely right, banned right. them. And some of them they they actually passed. Uh, some of them, though, that uh, I mean, basically, if you own these or if you uh, distributed these, you could be prosecuted. You could have jail time. Uh, there were actually 72 of the films on that list. And it, and it's kind of ridiculous. The films, some of them that are on there, some, some of these movies we can kind of understand, especially <laughs> looking right, back at right. what the time was. But, Anytime there's an official list of anything, <laughs> it's always weird, like, to, who, you know, who decides what gets on that list. Well, it's yeah, really exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so so what I wanted to do, because there was actually a, a list of 72, those were the official video nasties, but then there was another list of lesser ones that was 82, uh, and you could actually get like some sort of penalty for those, but it wasn't not quite as severe. And, and we'll probably touch on a lot of these movies, but what I wanted to do was uh, kind of give you my top five of the actual video nasties to give you an okay. idea of what's on that list. And again, I mean, filmmakers that I really love are on here. <laughs> so sure. um, I'm going to go backwards and these all relate in that they uh, were on this list and I'm sure they're influential um, on this film and in many, many other films. But uh, uh, Toby Hooper, uh, his movie Eaten Alive, it's on the list. He's actually got two on the official list. And then nice. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on the lesser list. But mm-hmm. uh, his movie Eaten Alive, the 1976 movie, uh, is very stylistic film about this redneck that uh, art hillbilly. I'm not even sure which one we can say these days. But uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, he owns they don't this, mind. He he owns this hotel and he has a pet uh, crocodile, um, and he feeds his guests to the crocodile. Uh, it's a great great movie. It was his follow up to Chainsaw Massacre. It's one of his lesser uh, like uh, popular movies. Uh, it has mm-hmm. a couple of names to it, but uh, Eaten Alive is the one that I I I know it as, and uh, it's a great film. Uh, number four is I Spit on Your Grave. Of course, that's the classic uh, rape revenge film uh, mm-hmm. that Camille Keaton stars in. 1978 film. Uh, it's also known as Day of the Woman. Um, number three, uh, I've got uh, uh, Lucio Fulci's. Uh, 1979 zombie, which it also has a couple of different titles, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a, a very stylistic, beautifully shot movie. To me, the most beautiful, ugly zombies that uh, have ever been on screen. Um, yeah. And there's an infamous eyeball uh, uh, scene in it that uh, I, I, there were a lot of that eyeball gouging, uh, which we get uh, a little talk of that in sensor. Um, sure. That uh, I think for the first time you were starting to see a lot of that in the in the late seventies and the early eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I go on to the next one, but uh, there's a great zombie versus shark scene in this movie that like no <laughs> zombie movie has done anything quite as insane as that since. Number two and. Uh, Favorite filmmaker of mine, Wes Craven, uh, Last House on the Left. Uh, of course, he's got this film on the actual official list, and then he's got Hills Have Eyes on the other list. Um, and, of course, this is his debut, 1972. It's a rape revenge uh, film as well. Um, number one, one of my all-time favorite filmmakers as well, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. 
his movie Blood Feast. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, that's a 1963 film, and that film um, basically changed cinema. I mean, because it really did. It was the first film to actually put blood, and uh, the, the term pe- the people always say is that uh, seeing people die with their eyes open, as opposed mm. to, you know, you see the gun, you see the fall, and then they're dead. Uh, this was actually, you know, uh, done in more of a, like, pornographic kind of way of here's here's the blood and here's you know the 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 tongue or the intestines or what have you Um, sure so yeah so i mean that's uh some of the it gives you an idea of what's on that video's nasties and what type of uh movies of course these are you know like i said very 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 iconic um yeah the directors on that list yeah, I'm. I told you before we, you know, got started recording that I was looking forward to, you know, learning a little more about video nasties as part of this uh, conversation because I did not, you know, dig into that whole world uh, growing up or 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 now even, uh, and I'm I'm surprised at just how you know major some of these filmmakers are and like these are you know well-known movies i thought they would be you know a little bit uh smaller and i'm sure some of them are but yeah, you know smaller definitely. indie weird <laughs> things yep. that most people don't know about but yeah they, these are some of these are, are major films that everybody knows about and it's crazy that these would be on that list right. um that is very surprising i joked on my letterbox review of this movie censor that i i don't know why exactly I didn't start seeking these things out and instead just watched Evil Dead 2 and Dead Alive over and over and over again <laughs> through, through my high school years, you know? Uh, right. But I'm sure that, like, there's, like, an alternate timeline where I would have, like, dug into more and more of this stuff. And, I mean, I saw I, I Spit on Your Grave and I, I saw uh, Last House on the Left, but right. I'm sure a lot of the stuff on this list are things that I probably would have loved uh, getting a chance to see and maybe will one day, but... Uh, just never really took that deep dive. Well, well, speaking on that, the Faces of Death is, of course, on this list. Sure. Um, yep. And Cannibal Holocaust uh, is mm-hmm. on this list. Th- those two uh, are, are very um, in line with, with Censor, where they do the blurring of you know, reality and, and fiction. Uh, both mm-hmm. of those are kind of uh, the precursors for found footage in a way. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, Faces of Death is the the big one. When I was a kid, I believe I was in fourth grade. I remember hearing about this on the bus, um, and that was kind of how you learned about movies as a kid. Anyway, back then was uh, you know uh, some other kid who uh, got his dad's copy of whatever and watched it, and oh sure. man, you got to see this. <laughs> so um, I can just imagine how. Like it was even more taboo probably in Britain because Faces of Death and Cannibal Holocaust, those were ones that were actually banned. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that we, I remember hearing as a kid. Oh, that was a banned movie. It's banned. And of course, uh, probably at the time, uh, the kids probably thought it was actually banned in the United States as well. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, like a whole mystique and mystery, and you, you, nobody really had the information back then, so it's like right, hard, right. hard to know what exactly was what. But uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad to uh, 
to know a little more about that that world and you know i don't know who who listening to this podcast you know maybe hasn't had that deep dive into the the world of video nasties but maybe has checked out this film just because you know it's got some buzz behind it so uh maybe they will uh start seeking out more of those movies uh, i'm going to jump on to my first puzzle piece here and some of mine are a little uh, kind of jokey. Maybe it's the uh, subject matter at hand, but um, I, I'm going to start off with South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, because hey, I mean, hey, that's that's actually a good one. Uh, yeah, so. right. I mean that that whole thing with censorship and just the lengths that the the people with like this moral, you know, superiority will go to try to censor the things that they're just so sure are the problem, and then they end up becoming the problem. And in the case of South Park, end up starting war with Canada and the rise of Satan and whatever else happens in that movie. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you know the people who just feel like they need to be in charge of what other people get to see uh they tend to usually not have such a uh, a good outlook on or good reasons as to what they think we shouldn't get to watch and you get to see in both of these movies just how badly that goes by the end yeah, no, and, and and that is a good one. Um, I was trying to think of movies that dealt with censorship that that kind of had that same sort of thing to it going on. Only thing I could think of was uh, the People versus Larry Flint, which mm-hmm. it's more of uh, the fight against that, but it doesn't really give you that side that uh, we're talking about here that uh, South Park did. So I think that that is a, a, a great piece to bring into the discussion. It's um, been a long time since I've seen it as well, so my um, memory of it um, is a bit uh, fuzzy. But yeah, what you were describing basically about the uh, the outrageousness of going against uh, something and basically becoming the bigger evil and doing that. Yes. Um, which that kind of segues good into i wasn't going to bring this one up just yet and this one may at first kind of sound like what um <laughs> but some of my pieces may sometimes do that to you anyways uh yeah, anytime you're on the show <laughs> i i feel that way <laughs> so um actually training day okay so training okay. day uh because i was trying to think about you know Movies about hypocrisy, movies about, uh, like you're saying, about becoming the uh, a bigger evil than what you're actually trying to stop. And, and Training mm-hmm. Day, it, it plays in because, and there's been other movies before that use the same kind of thinking, uh, specifically with drugs. But, you know, with Training Day, it's about... If you want to, if you want to uh, catch a wolf, you got to become the wolf. And, you know... It, this is somebody that's supposed to be safeguarding the public and they become the monster that we need safeguarded from, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, happens in, you know, with police. It happens with uh, the government, um, you know, and it, here it is in, in censor. Uh, it specifically happens with this uh, one particular, uh, you know, uh, editor that is a part of this censor board. Um, right. It's it's this whole thing that, uh, like I said, there, there's that hypocrisy of it of of this almost the the person that screams the loudest. Um, they're doing so because of what they're hiding. Um, yeah, you know, and 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 I think this is kind of human nature of of uh, 
all of us really a lot of times what we are against it's more of because what we're fearful of in ourselves um and um uh, I think that and uh, in, in that regard, I think training day is, is a great one because, like I said, you got somebody who's supposed to be safeguarding the public and they're just completely outrageous. They're they're <laughs> an absolute monster. And uh, it kind of uh, plays out that same way in censor. Yeah. And, and I think that the you know, the person and being subjective and like bringing their, bringing their self into uh, the job that they're trying to do where they should be more objective in the, in the process. And uh, I I think that that, that fits in with, with training day and using that as a puzzle piece there, because yeah, I mean, this person just uh, taking it upon themselves to, to, to throw themselves into it in a way that really they shouldn't be a part of the, uh, the, the procedure of doing right, that job. Right. And it brings the question though, of, of anybody that any, in any, uh, area that is kind of safeguarding other people of if this certain thing is so horrible that it has to be safeguarded from the public, what's it doing to the person that is doing the gatekeeping, sure. um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's uh, part of the fun uh, uh, of censor. I think that um, it's a movie that if you are for censorship, you can say that this is a movie that is pro that um, that's one way that you can view it, but uh, that's not at all how I view it. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's one of the fun things I think about the movie. Definitely, definitely. Well, I, I love that you brought Training Day up. That that's a, a really interesting puzzle piece, and I think some of the points that we're just making go really well with with my next puzzle piece, which is one I wasn't sure I was going to bring up, but now I definitely am. Uh, <laughs> you <Yeah>, like <laughs> sometimes when Chad's on? Oh yeah, that, I'll throw that in. <laughs> Anything goes when Chad's on the podcast, folks. But uh, th- this movie is is probably too new to truly be uh, influential on censor uh, because it just came out early. Earlier this year, but I think it definitely um, is a is a companion piece in a way, uh, and that is Malcolm and Marie, a movie that a lot of people did not like. Uh, very, very, um, you know, love it or hate it kind of film. But I think if you could look at these people who are the censors and who are who are deciding making decisions on the movie as critiquing the films in a way, this movie, Malcolm and Marie, is a huge just lashing out at critics and at, at, you know, whether or not critics have the right point of view when they're going into critiquing these films and whether or not what they say makes sense and whether or not they should get to say what they're saying. And I, I feel like in Censor, um, it, it is a similar thing in that we're, we're, we're questioning the... Uh, you know, whether or not these particular censors, the specific people who are doing the censoring, you know, what their intentions are, what what their uh, ulterior motives are in in making the decisions they make on what we get to see. And uh, it's two different sides of a different coin when it comes to, uh, you know, judging a particular piece of art. But they are two people who get to make judgments on that art and then put that judgment out into the world. And it changes the way people see these particular pieces of art. That's that's interesting. And I'll be honest, I hadn't seen that movie yet. I wanted mm-hmm. to see that movie. Uh, and uh, 
it, it's a Netflix movie, right? It is Netflix. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's definitely. I, I just don't go to Netflix much. Um, I need to. Yeah, I, I need know. to watch it though, uh, especially now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think that there is a lot of movies actually because there were there were a lot of things that came to mind to me that I was watching that just came out like this year that I'm like. Yeah, that's kind of a companion piece to to. I, I think a, there's a lot of movies in different directions, kind of coming from the same place. And and and, right. I, and I get what you're you're saying there that it's kind of a, a companion more so than any sort of influence. Um, right. And I think that that is a uh, is very much um it's it, it, something that is happening and i think that does happen over and over and over i think there is a kind of a uh, a a grand uh consciousness that arrives uh through through movies and and a lot of times you'll you'll get uh similar themes and ideas that are kind of done in in different directions um and again at the same time though that might just be us as individuals putting those ideas on it and, sure, it, and yeah. interpreting it that way. And that's one of the great things also, I think, um, uh, 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 that's neat about this movie is that this really is about consumption of, of art in many yeah. ways. Um, and she, and I forget the actress's name. She's absolutely fantastic in this film. Um, Niam Algar. I'm not sure if I'm uh, pronouncing it right. That's but, better yeah. than I would say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which she was in Guy Ritchie's most recent movie, which I still have yet to see, but I mm. have it pre-ordered on Blu-ray coming. Um, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's very much about uh, art consumption, which I think is something that I've uh, taken a very strong interest in. To, lately and what's funny is that when i saw this movie a, a movie that came to mind to me that was about um uh, basically art consumption uh was one that y'all just recently covered on awesome movie year and that's yes. blow up uh, yes. <laughs> the 1966 classic blow up um, and I'm not even going to say the director's name. You're welcome. To... Antonioni. I could say his last. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. So to me, that that that's very much a movie about um, basically looking at art and seeing something and and grabbing onto it. And because you see that, you then start to see further things. It's like you go down the rabbit hole, and once you buy into the that is the truth that you're seeing you you go further and further into that truth and sometimes mm -hmm. we we get blinded by that and that's very much why i mean um we we have these uh, polarizing views a lot of times about filmmakers about films uh and the the there's become these you know negative uh, toxic fandoms in a way um, because I think it's, it's holding on to the personal uh, viewpoint that you're seeing and, 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 and feeling that it's the only way and it is the, the truth. I think this is something with, with Twitter and social media in general, this is becoming something more and more um, expressed uh, the, yes. the tribalness of it. Uh, yeah. Of course, 
blow up, uh, don't want to give too much away. But again, I, I view that movie as completely about art consumption and one person, uh, their, their value that they put on something may not have a value to somebody else. And what they see, somebody else may not see. And what they right. see may not be the truth, but it's the truth to them. And once once they cling on to that, they see more and more and more. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean that even speaks to the movie itself. The way that uh, we, we did exactly. not like blow up when we watched it, but <laughs> but I got to I got to admit your description of the film and the way that you uh, replied to the posting in our popcorn and puzzle pieces group, and then just speaking about it right now. Um, I do think that you bring a really interesting uh, point of view to that film. And, and while I don't picture myself returning to it anytime soon, just because of the long lulls of what the hell is going on here, uh, I, I, I do like the light you've shed on it of the, uh, the point of it all, which I do kind of, uh, even though I didn't pick up on it while watching the movie, I do, in retrospect, think that you're, you're definitely on to something with that. Well, and then, and that's one of the really fun things. It's one of the frustrating things, but one of the fun things about, I think, art, all art, especially movies, that there there can be, you know, this this quality for somebody who just really connects, and they and they really think it's just so fantastic and brilliant, and then the next person sits down and watches it, and they don't see that at all. And of course, in censor, you know, you you've got um, something in this movie that she watches reminds her of either reminds her or gives her the idea that it has something to do with her past and her and her sister who has gone missing. And then of course, mm. once she clings on to that and she goes further into this filmmaker's uh, catalog, she then clings on to an actress who she thinks is her sister. So yeah. again, it's that whole thing of um, you buy into the truth and then you go down that rabbit hole and it's like you're all in, you either keep going all in and 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 then more and more things kind of click or or they don't you know um yeah and yeah i mean that's very much uh how we how we watch movies how we how we uh you know i get fandoms it it, it really explains yeah. fandoms i mean absolutely yeah yeah and conspiracy theories yeah uh, that, that's another story for another <laughs> exactly another yes. podcast yes <laughs> So uh, I'll go to another puzzle piece here, and this is one I haven't seen in a long, long time, but I think it deserves to be in the conversation, uh, and that's Joel Schumacher's 1999 film, 8mm, with Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kind of what you were just talking about right there, like seeing something and, you know, you're you're so convinced that it's what it is, and, you know, that's going to lead you down that path, and... um you know, that's the whole thing with eight millimeter is they, they see this videotape that may or may not have a, uh, a real crime, a snuff film happening, um, and leads down this path into this dark CD underworld of films and trying to, uh, you know, find, find the source of, of the film and solve that whole crime and all that. And the, the thing with eight millimeter, and again, I haven't seen it in a long time and I love Nicolas Cage. We all know that, but I feel like, um, for any, 
any movie that deals with watching a movie within the movie, uh, it's really important for that performance to feel real of of the reaction <laughs> that the person is getting from what they're watching. And I just remember Nicolas Cage just seeming not real in the reaction of like watching that that could be snuff film. It just seemed so forced kind of whereas the performance here um from again Niam Algar if I'm saying that right I mean she's fantastic in this and you could just see what it's doing to her watching these films and just how it's just breaking her down and how uh, difficult it is to to be subjected to them yeah no definitely uh when, when I when I rewatched it last night and in, in doing so um what I noticed with her performance is that uh she really physically you can tell that she's literally has the world on her shoulders uh mm-hmm. in her own perspective as far as her her sister and what happened there as far as protecting the public um she really just is carrying the world on her shoulders and she is like sore from it you can see her constantly like moving her her shoulders and her arms yeah, and yeah. she's just kind of like um yeah especially the scene when she watches the movie uh don't go into the church or whatever don't go in the church um mm-hmm. and uh th- we don't really see a lot of what goes on on screen but just her personal like reaction to it um and then of course she you know, it makes her vomit. It's just, it's very, very powerful the way that, uh, you know, that, that performance is played out. And like you said, yes, it's very realistic as opposed to, you know, Nick Cage being Nick Cage, uh, reacting <laughs> to a movie. Uh, I love Nick Cage, but that's but, just not one of his shinings. Uh, eight parts. millimeter. One of those movies that, uh, for me, it never really, uh, stuck with me. I don't know why. I know a lot of people that, that that movie very much inspired them and influenced them. My uh, friend Shane Ryan, um, he basically, because of 8mm, ended up doing uh, this whole series of uh, found footage movies, the amateur porn star killer movies. They were inspired by Um, 8mm. And uh, I think 8mm, though, is a a good one because it speaks to the meta of this film as well, not just the film itself, but at the same time, what... Uh, that whole, is it real or, you know, is it not? And I need to know that sort of thing. I think that that mystery is what really drove some of the popularity of some of the films on this list that like, especially faces of death and can yeah. Holocaust, um, you know, especially, uh, in the eighties as a time, as a kid, I remember, uh, hearing uh, that stuff about it being real, but the but the thing that kills me is that there were, I guess, grownups and grownups in government that <laughs> also <laughs> right. thought this, uh, right. and or at least thought that real. I, I said real people, but uh, grownups uh, uh, would would think this. I mean, it kind of speaks to how. Uh, how their government looks down on people in a way right. and, and how right. stupid they think people are. <laughs> so, yes. but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, eight millimeter, uh, definitely a, a, a great piece to have in the discussion. Been a long time since I seen it. I'm, I'm curious if I would appreciate it more or, you know, 
like it even less. But uh, I just remember it not really doing much for me at the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Well, in, in speaking of a uh, film within a film, because, uh, you know, Censor, we've got a lot of that going on. Uh, in fact, the film basically becomes a film within the, well, I'm not even sure how you would phrase that, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it totally gets all twisted around in so many sure. different ways. But uh, yeah, a movie that came to mind, which was one that I actually saw back in the VHS days, uh, 1980 film, Fade to Black, uh, Vernon Zimmerman, uh, which it's a movie about uh, this lonely film buff, uh, and he uh kind of gets caught up in fantasy what's real what's not and he kind of starts playing out movies in re- in real life he a- actually accidentally kills a couple of people <laughs> and <laughs> and then he intentionally is definitely on purpose killing people but um he he uh like dresses up like a mummy he dresses up like dracula he he meets this girl that uh he's like oh that's marilyn monroe and he that's his marilyn monroe and then before the movie's over he's basically a character from um i believe it's uh, white heat and, and then the ending plays out a lot like that film uh it's it's a it's a fun movie it's 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 more I think preachy uh, and I think in a way it kind of takes the stance of movies can be bad. Of course, again, this is somebody that has a questionable mental stability uh, who, who has a, uh, a, a background of, uh, you know, probably mental illness in his family because his mother doesn't claim she's his mother she claims his she is his aunt and i mean there's just like weird things like that but uh yeah fade, fade to black uh is, is a good one though that has a lot of uh, movies within the movie and a blurring of you know reality and uh fiction a lot like this one does i've never seen it but i i kind of want to see a remake where the person is obsessed with like a24 and neon horror films ah. <laughs> that, that would be a good version. no it's definitely it's definitely one that they could definitely uh do a remake of uh with some updates i mean i mean who would you replace with marilyn monroe though that's uh my question i mean I- uh I uh Florence Pugh maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um but yeah no so so that's a good piece though um from from the description of that movie it, it definitely uh it, that blurring lines and and that also brings up uh another thing one of my favorite things about this movie censor was the blurring of the score uh from within the right. the movies within the movies to the overall movie i just thought was really well done i didn't write down the uh composer's name but uh, i just thought that was really and, well that, done. and not only that the score and just the sound design too the sound yeah. design and the score and and yes and all the movies everything just kind of blurs together yeah um which i did um i did read somewhere the the sound design itself uh, Prano was um, inspired by the animated movie uh, Watership Down, which I thought was huh. interesting. But um, 
to me, I, I'm not going to bring the movie up. The, the sound design reminds me of a certain movie that I'm surprised you haven't brought up yet that you might bring up. I don't know. If you don't, I'm going to bring it up later. But I'm not okay. going to spoil it in case it's on your list. Uh, okay. So, But no, yeah, the, the, the score and the uh, sound design is absolutely fantastic. And I really wish that I was able to see this in a theater because uh, I... I Really, it, it, I feel like this is a great immersive film and, mm. and what's really solid is how, how quick a watch it is, too. I mean, it's a very, very fast movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hour 20, something like that. You don't get a lot of those nowadays, so... That is, a, that is a nice thing. I'll go to another piece here, speaking about movies within movies. Um, this is more of a silly one, but I thought of The Nice Guys... Uh, one of my favorite oh, comedies yeah. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. last five, ten years. Yeah. I, it's so damn good. Um, but the whole the whole aspect of that film where uh, the girl in the porno, uh, which the filmmaker is so convinced is more than a porno, which I guess kind of uh, fits with uh, the violence oh, yeah, and, and all, you know, of, of the uh, video nasties. Um, but that's like the key to solving this, this whole thing. And the censor is so sure she sees her missing sister in there and has to seek out anybody connected with that film. Uh, in order to get information and get answers and try to get to that person. And uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's a similar, um, you know, trying to uh, trying to connect with all the people around the, the movie within the movie uh, drive to the plot of both movies. Yeah, no, and that's another uh, good one. I'm, I'm glad you're bringing up these because it, that was one that um, I wasn't even thinking about. But yeah, the I, I love movies within movies and mm. I... I tend to, to 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 love the movies that dabble with that um in some way and yeah no that's definitely one of those good ones um uh, that in eight millimeter with them being uh, basically mysteries with a uh a film piece of film and uh again that being like the key to uh, this you know, missing person or, or what have you. Uh, so yeah, right. it's definitely uh, ties in well. Awesome. What do you got for your next piece? So I, I've got, um, I think, uh, a, a filmmaker. Uh, I, I wrote down a couple of filmmakers. One, this is a filmmaker that is actually has several movies on the, the video nasties list and also has some on the other 82 film list um, that could be prosecuted. Um, and that's Dario Argento. Um, mm -hmm. I think stylistically, the way this looks, um, is very, very, uh, Suspiria, uh, sure. which is on the 82 film list, uh, which okay. again is like, really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's crazy. <laughs> so the colors, the, 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 the reds and, and, uh, you know, the blues and greens, and uh, especially in the, in the like forest scenes and whatnot, uh, yeah, yeah. So very uh, uh, Argento, uh, specifically that film. Now, looking at his uh, video nasty films, uh, the movie uh, Tenebra, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, but that is a movie um, about a novelist who just released a book. The book's called Tenebre, and it's about a serial killer, and all of a sudden he finds himself being harassed, uh, called on the phone and, and, uh, basically being, uh, you know, said he's, he's sick and deprived and, and they're going to get rid of all the people that are sick and deprived. And, 
and this serial killer is targeting uh, people around him as well as uh, prostitutes and things of that nature and um just it reminded me one it's a bit about uh consumption of art and also censorship of art and you know at least in one person's viewpoint and then Mm. also at the same time the harassing of that person as if they are part of the decline of society you know which is what uh our main character deals with here as well but yeah that that's uh a 1982 film it's on the video nasty list uh also in addition with uh, argento i mean uh, i feel like that he deals a lot in in several of his movies about trauma about uh repressing memories and those kind of resurfacing and um you know, becoming a bigger issue later. Uh, he's got the movie Trauma, the uh, 1992 film, uh, which is, uh, uh, I believe that's one that uh, uh, his daughter stars in. And then um, another film that his, I know definitely that uh, Asia stars in, uh, The Stedel Syndrome. And I know I'm saying that one wrong, this 96 movie. That is one uh, more with, I, I, if I remember right, it has some of the repression in it, but it also has to do with uh, art consumption. Uh, she has a um, basically a physical reaction in a negative way uh, to mm. certain pieces of art, uh, or paintings specifically. So, Okay. Yeah, I mean, Dario Argento, I mean, definitely, I think, a big influence on a lot of things that we're talking about. And um, I, I'm wondering if earlier you, you mentioned uh, a puzzle piece that um, you thought maybe I'd end up bringing up. Was it It Follows? No, 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 um, no, no. Okay, because I was just thinking with the, the influence of, of all those colors and, and the score and the sound design and all that. So <laughs> I, I feel like It Follows is the one that I definitely, because he, here's the thing, and it, Sensor is definitely a part of this like new art house, like appreciated horror. It's almost yeah. like underground has now become the highbrow in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these uh, these highbrow art films, uh, especially A24s uh, putting out, and and now like everybody really is putting them out. Um, they're uh, inspired by all of these like a lot of this stuff we're talking about especially argento uh yep. and uh now it's like the uh, the hoity-toity uh, uh you know uh <laughs> sure. I, I guess hipster uh yeah hipster, uh, <laughs> critic uh whereas back in the day these were no 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 you know hello video nasty they were called uh so yeah uh but no uh no i i, I can't believe you haven't you haven't uh you, you mentioned the sequel already uh right off the bat uh <laughs> the movie that i'm thinking about and it was a video nasty evil dead really okay <laughs> you, i tried not to do it i i <laughs> And here's the thing, um, I, I definitely would see that with some of the video nasties that they are watching uh, right. on the screen, the movies right. within the movies. There was 100% uh, right. Evil Dead um, type, <laughs> type moments and, and camera shots within, right. within those films, within the film. But I didn't want to go there, but I'm glad you did. I'm very glad you did. 
<laughs> well, I I kept holding off because I was like, I know he's going to bring it up. I know he's going to bring it up. But no, um, sound design with Evil Dead, if I remember right, that was one of the things I really loved about it. Um, yeah. It was, and, I, and I, if I recall, I remember uh, Sam Raimi, uh, I think I, I listened to uh, the, the commentary at one time. If I'm not mistaken, he illegally took like a small piece of sound from like Citizen Kane and has <laughs> looped it in one part of the film. Um, but just like the wind blowing and things like that, that, that whole like yes. uh, really puts you into, you know, uh, the 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 setting it, it kind of immerses you in that film and um i think sound design wise this one reminded me of that and yeah definitely the way this one um the the very first you know movie that we see within the movie which then ties around to the movie at the end very evil dead i mean oh yeah uh, instantly it was woods. like evil dead yeah <laughs> absolutely hey, you said one thing you like about uh evil dead you know what's something i love about evil dead What's that? Everything. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead. I I will say this that uh, I I really really loved Evil Dead at one time, and then I really really loved Evil Dead Two at one time. Um, and maybe I need to go back and revisit them. The the third one kind of uh, yeah, but uh. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, Chad. But uh, yes, you do need to revisit that at some point. No, no, I, I, I definitely held off on mentioning Evil Dead because I thought I don't want to take away a piece from him. So um, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for. Uh, then I had to go that. ahead and do it. Uh, so I'll, I'll go to another piece here, uh, one that is not the Evil Dead, nothing like the Evil Dead. I'm gonna go with The Assistant, Kitty yes. Green's film yes. starring yeah. Julia Garner from last year, yeah. uh, originally 2019. I think it got delayed for a while, but um, you know, very different film with very right. different things on its mind. But you're you're essentially seeing the behind the scenes of this like very menial job within the world of film and something that you've never really seen on right. screen before we've never seen you know the assistant to a producer as the main character right. of a film we've never seen one of the censors at the right. censor board right. as the main character of a film and so it's a different kind of movie for sure but right. they uh they do deal with similar kinds of roles within the world of filmmaking and and they and they kind of are they're similar in that our character here and censor uh you know she she like really takes her job serious and she really yes puts herself into that job and she's her like self-worth is tied to it for sure a, exactly and yeah. and and she puts up with crap she does other people's work uh mm -hmm. she stays late she has to deal with you know her coworkers and those that visit the office just basically hitting on her i mean there's just a there's a lot of similarities in that regard too as far as that it feels like that she's more valuable than the place she works at is giving her credit yeah for giving her credit for it. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and i they both have to deal with just you know some of the worst parts of that industry and it, you know it's terrible but as as a woman i'm it's just you know obviously amplified right yeah, yeah. no definitely yeah it was one that came to mind for me too as well and and it's, it's it's interesting how you said that you know it's this side of a film that uh you know we hadn't seen before 
Um, and then that itself makes it interesting in that way. And, and, and I, I love that. Uh, I love that when movies do that. Of course, Quentin Tarantino, he's one that always loves to do that in some way. He, he like makes that part of people's backstories almost sure, in every sure. movie. Um, but no, I, 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 people that, that love film, we, we, we want to know more about film and we, and, and that includes all sides of it. I mean, who, who does this? Like, as I said, as a kid hearing, you know, this was banned. Well, who banned it? And right. to kind of see a, a, a behind the, the scenes of, you know, the banning, uh, that's a really cool thing. Um, which funny that we, we talked about blow up, but, uh, what that reminded me of was, uh, actually blow out because blow sure. out, we've got a, a, you know, a sound guy. And, uh, especially at the time that that movie came out, um, you know, I, that was something that I'm sure tons of people were like, wait a minute, the sound isn't what happens on screen as they film it, you know, right, uh, right. somebody yeah. records sounds and then they put that on top of what they recorded. You know, it's kind of like, uh, just opening up this, uh, this window to, uh, a world that, you know, you didn't think about before. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I really like that aspect of it, uh, as well, but also to that, I think, Style-wise, I think, uh, speaking of Blowout, um, uh, Brian De Palma, uh, like Argento, I think, is probably an influence here uh, in many regards. Because instantly what I think of when I see her standing there as soon as she gets splattered, you know, she's getting dressed up for the movie role and she gets splattered with the blood, um, I think of Carrie. And, sure. and also, you know... Carrie's very stylistic. It, 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 it has a tinge. It's not quite as over the top as Argento, but with, you know, the stylized, um, uh, you know, blues and reds and, and especially that, uh, that finale. And, and at the same time, Carrie is also a movie about, you know, this, uh, person who they're a, a decent person and, they kind of get dumped on and then the movie builds into like this chaotic climax uh, sure. with, you know, them kind of, uh, I, I don't know if you want to say exacting revenge or, or, or how you want to say it, but exploding basically. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, De Palma, uh, was, was, uh, one that I just feel is an influence, uh, going on here specifically Definitely. with those two. Yeah, no, the, those both I think fit really well, and uh, yeah, great, great, great piece there. Uh, I'll go on to my last piece, which is probably the most obvious thing in the world. Uh, but the ring, you know, there's a killer videotape involved. Nice, you know, nice. <laughs> so, movies, <laughs> movies that kill, you know, even though <laughs> even though video nasties really don't. But nah. um, so 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 now here's the thing: will we get a sequel where somebody watches censor? And becomes I, I, a killer. I very much <laughs> think so. And then, uh, and then the censors themselves can go nuts over that. So, 
Yeah, no, the the the, the ring is uh, is is one that I really really wanted to like at the time, and I just mm. did not. I know people went nuts over the ring. I mean, do you do you like the it. original version? The, the I Japanese don't even version? like the original. I I don't really? know. I did. I think for me the 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 ring came out a little too late. I think looking at back at it now, I might appreciate it more. But I mean, the ring came out right as like like. I had already gotten rid of my videotapes and had went DVD. And then all of a sudden this movie comes out about videotape and I'm like, where would I even play it? And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) now it's kind of like you could, you know, it was supposed to have been happening then, not like it was set in the past or anything. I think. Yeah. Now it's retro. Now it can be retro. Exactly. That's my point. I think the timing of it was bad. And I think that there was, I had a disconnect there. So I really, uh, there, there are some things that I do appreciate about it. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the the coming out of the TV is absolutely fantastic. And in a way, with with censor, uh, it's almost like uh, with the with the scenes that uh, play out in this one, it's almost like the TV is alive and and invites her inside the TV, mm-hmm. and almost like she uh, goes into the TV and becomes one of uh, you know, there's nothing supernatural, but in, but in a sense, I think uh, in her head, I think that's kind of what happens. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, yeah no, uh, I, I think uh, killer videotapes, uh, uh, you know, that's something that's always going to excite me. But uh, I think retro, it, it works a lot better than uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the ring did at the time. Because I was like, why isn't it a DVD? And they right. still never, they never did that, like, with The Ring. They never went there, even with the sequels. It was always, like, really? a videotape. I would have thought for sure the most recent I, one I, was a DVD. I think the very last one was, like, a digital file, I think. Oh, or yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they just but, skipped right over DVDs. But, well, they still, they still went back to the videotape. At least in the, in the very last one, it was, like, oh, here's a, here's a VCR at a, at a Goodwill or whatever. And, oh, there's a tape in it. I think that's how it started but then i think it was like you have to digitally send it to somebody or something to get rid of it i don't know if if there's ever a movie about a killer netflix movie you are definitely <laughs> going to be the uh, guest on that episode that's all, I, that's all i have to say so uh anyway that was my last piece uh do you have any other pieces you wanted to bring up I got a whole bunch, but I mean, I can just real quick go through some of them. I got, I've got another video nasty that, that plays in perfectly. Um, that's, uh, the witch who came from the sea, uh, 1976 movie, uh, Matt Simber. Um, it, uh, it's, it deals with repressed memory. Um, you've got, uh, a woman who basically very much sugarcoats, um, her, her, her childhood and her upbringing, and she's uh, she lives in kind of fantasy world. She's obsessed with people on TV, uh, football players, people in commercials, things like that. Uh, she ends up actually meeting some of these people, and then things really get confused. But uh, it, it blends fantasy, memory, um, and reality. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you find out that, you know, she's basically nuts and mm-hmm. uh, it's all done also in a very like, I guess, dreamlike kind of way, uh, kind of how this one is very surreal and very, sure. you yeah. know, uh, 
it's it's not really a, a your your typical video nasty in that way but no it's 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 a great movie uh and definitely i feel uh an influence here specifically of video nasties that that feel like you know she may have uh, been inspired by i probably shouldn't but <laughs> i've got a Zack snyder puzzle piece oh, okay no <laughs> <laughs> okay sucker punch Sucker Punch, a lot of people, I don't think they get this aspect of it. Sucker Punch is a great movie about imagination, about memory, about repressing memories, about replacing memories, about editing memories. Um, you've got in Sucker Punch basically uh, a, a, a woman that's uh, institutionalized. Um, she's had a, a, a bad uh you know, past, uh, abusive, uh, and while she's in, institutionalized, there is a lot of sexual abuse that happens. Now, in the movie, any time sexual abuse comes up, the movie cuts to a fantasy that's like this alternate world that's almost like a, a video game film inside this film, and it's yeah. all violent, and it's very empowering of this amazing uh, action hero. Um, and I just think that Sucker Punch is brilliant in that way that it, it replaces all of the sexual abuse and makes it this empowered fantasy uh, that plays out. And it just in dealing with, uh, you know, kind of editing in your head what actually happens. Um, and again, you got somebody who's, you know, not mentally uh, complete as a, you know, because of this trauma has affected them. And that's sure. very much what you've got going on here is, you know, we, we never know what happened. Um, you know, we don't know if something just traumatized her. We don't know if she had, you know, more that she played a part of as to what happened to her sister. We just don't really know. There's a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. And I, and, and I love movies that, that get me thinking about, you know, different perspectives in that way and just questioning things. And it makes me also uh, think about how I view things and how I see things and how I remember things. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just for me, very, very fun. And, um, I wasn't going to bring up Zack Snyder, but I was like, I got to. When do I get to talk about Sucker Punch in this way? Uh, like the the really cool uh, thematic side of the film that so many people, they they watch the movie and they're like, I don't understand. Um, but anyway. Uh <laughs> so Prano Bailey Bond, thank you for letting Chad bring up Sucker Punch on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've only done three episodes on on Zack Snyder. I mean, I, I might as well make this, you know, yes, a, uh, an, another one. But absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I was also thinking about moral panic movies because I I I love movies where there's some sort of like panic of. You know, and and we we go through these in in, in various stages. Uh, right now, those those panics kind of come and go really really fast uh cuties was an example <laughs> but uh <laughs> but great moral panics uh like this video uh, the 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 video nasties um we you would have like the the satanic panic uh of the 80s in the united states uh where satanism it was gonna you know 
corrupt all the children and you actually had people that were prosecuted and also convicted of crimes and they 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 use the the guise of oh it was satanism and they're in a cult and you know but uh i recently saw we summon the darkness uh mark myers uh 2019 film it is a great movie that um is set in the uh, satanic panic of the eighties. Um, and it deals with uh, like this, uh, uh, religious group that is not into Satanism, but kind of uses that as a guise. Uh, it's a, it's a great movie, but then also the witch, which the witch, of course, you know, the Salem, um, witch trials and the, and the panic of, of witches, uh, sure. that, uh, went on, uh, and, I also uh, related to that is uh, the new Neil Marshall movie, The Reckoning, which is a really, really great movie. Um, I just find it interesting to have these movies, though, that are set during these kind of uh, panic periods. Uh, right. And I think that those uh, all three are great, uh, like Censor. And I do got a bunch of other things, but I think I've hit on everything that I probably should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll, we'll get to some uh, closing thoughts in a minute. Let's do the finished puzzle, and then we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so we we started this thing off talking about some video nasties. You got in there, uh, Eaten Alive, I Spit on Your Grave, Zombie, Last House on the Left, and Blood Feast. Uh, also Faces of Death we got in there. Then we talked about South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, Training Day, Malcolm and Marie, Blow Up, 8mm, Fade to Black, The Nice Guys, a bunch of Dario Argento films, The Evil Dead, The Assistant, some Brian De Palma films, uh, The Ring, The Witch Who Came From the Sea, Sucker Punch, and then finish it up with We Summon the Darkness, The Witch, and The Reckoning. Let me add one more. Let me add okay. one more. I'm sorry. Irreversible. Irreversible. The the scenes with her in the hallway. In the tunnel. Right? Yeah, in the tunnel. Yeah. Yes, yes. I thought yes. of that too. That was yes. on my maybe list. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I was just like visually, uh, because when she's going through the tunnel, I'm just like, oh my God, what is going to happen every yeah. time? <laughs> so yeah, I, I had to throw Irreversible in there specifically for that. I'll allow it since it was on both of our maybe lists. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So at the risk of this episode going as long as the film, um, <laughs> do you have any uh, any closing thoughts, anything we didn't quite get to that you want to mention? No, I mean, I, I, I think we pretty much hit on it. I think uh, all the, the themes that I that I jotted down, I think we, we hit on, uh, I think it's, it's, it's great when you have uh, like this little film that can pack in, uh, so many different elements, uh, and so many different things to, to take away from it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I really, really love this film. Um, I was gonna, we, we mentioned the sound design and the score. I, I also love the way that this one opens with the like old school VHS logos at the beginning. Sure. Um, that, that's a nice touch. I, I really love the opening credits as well. The opening credits uh, packs in a, a little bit of details of what's going on in the world uh, at the time to, to get you in that mindset. And then I also, uh, I love the newspapers too, uh, that we get those headlines uh, throughout. Um, mm-hmm. The humor in this, I think this is a, a is, is a funny movie as well. Sure. Um, just uh, there's so many so many things about it that I, I really do uh, love. It's a fantastic film. 
Yeah, the dinner scene with the parents. Yes. Was, was yes. Some good stuff there. Yes. For, for and sure. then there's so many moments, too, also, and this doesn't speak to the humor, but just that really shows you how, like, she's a troubled person, but she just, and even her mom just tries to talk to her, and she's just like, come no, nothing. Never mind. Uh, you know, yeah, it is yeah. just like maybe if she talked about her her sister instead of just letting that, you know, uh, build up. Uh, you know, uh, I think she definitely needed to to to, to speak with a therapist. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one last thing I just wanted to mention really quickly, um, not a puzzle piece that anyone or most people listening would have ever seen, but I just thought I'd bring it up for you and me. Uh, our mutual friend, Alex Kalana's Rue, uh, Rewind, whatever, whatever it's called, whenever she was sitting on the, on the floor in front of the TV, watching the TV all up okay. close, I, I was reminded of that film and whatever his influences were. I always that. say R-E-W. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that name, but uh, shout out to Alex. He's, uh, he's, he's a talented dude. So, Chad, did you watch anything else recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got a, a great one that I watched recently that uh, plays along with this one actually uh, very well. Um, it's the movie called Pasture, um, which I didn't know anything about. I just was looking on Vudu. I watched the trailer and I was like, okay. And I, and I actually bought it cause it was pretty cheap, but, um, fantastic. One of my favorites this year as well. Um, and it deals with, it's very much like a nightmare in a way because it's it's very uh it's kind of like this one where it's uh abstract i guess you mm -hmm. would say um but uh it, it, for me it, it it somebody that uh has always had depression always had anxiety um it's it's a it's a movie that speaks so strongly to me because one of the things is that um i always say is that or at least used to always say you know, I wonder what it'd be like if I didn't have, you know, anxiety, if I didn't have depression, if, right. if, if I didn't, if I was able to cut that off. And I guess in a way, this kind of movie kind of explores that. And it, it, so it's kind of like a dream come true, but also a nightmare at the same time, uh, because I've come to realize that it's not a weakness that I have these things. Those are really my, my strength because I deal with that every day so that makes mm -hmm. me almost like a, a a superhuman that's my superpowers right. um but this movie uh pasture it uh is very 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 abstract but it's it's all over the place uh visually so interesting and chaotic uh it, it's just i i can't say enough great things about it uh i don't want to spoil too much so uh that's about all i'll say all right. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, I, I've seen a, a few other people uh, logging it on Letterboxd. It sounds interesting. So, yeah, I should uh, definitely check that out soon. But awesome, Chad. Thanks so much, uh, as always, for for doing the podcast. Anything you want to plug or anything? Oh, no. I don't got nothing going on. I mean... <laughs> We'll plug, watch, we'll plug your next appearance. Watch watch movies and, uh, you know, enjoy them and don't kill anybody. There you go. That's that's a good <laughs> message to, to leave it on. Thanks, Chad. Hey, hey. Are you that weird one in your friends group that loves to watch true crime documentaries? 
Have you ever wanted to learn more about the lesser known crimes? And are you fascinated with ghost stories? I'm Hannah, the creator, editor, and host of Murder Bucket, a podcast that talks about, get this, murders, paranormal activity, abductions, kidnappings, and weird stuff. Join me every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, to get the inside scoop on some of the most interesting topics in the true crime world. I am also very active on social media. You can find me on Instagram at MurdBucket, Facebook at BucketMurd, and Twitter at the Murder Bucket. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chad Clinton Freeman about censor. Thank you, Chad, for bringing this movie to my attention. Uh, ever since you mentioned it, I just keep seeing so many people talk about it, and I think that's because it's a movie worth talking about. So I'm glad we got to do this episode. And if you haven't seen this movie and you just listened to us spoil the whole thing, you should still go watch it. It's on VOD right now. Go check it out. So uh, that does it for today's episode. Please make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Also, if you like what we do here on the show, make sure to share the show with your friends. Share it in your Facebook groups, on your Twitter feeds, on your Reddits, on your all those kinds of places. Just share, share, share. Let's get more people listening. Let's get more people subscribing. Uh, the numbers just keep going up, and I am so grateful that we have so many people listening to this podcast that I put together. Uh, but the more people that listen, I'm going to put more and more effort and work and time and make more episodes and more content. And I have all these ideas for like bonus episodes and stuff like that to do. We do our Breaking It Aparts and our Missing Pieces episodes, but I have other things too that I'd like to add into the whole overall piecing it together formula and uh the more people we get subscribing the more i'm going to start making some of that stuff happen so uh share the show rate and review us on apple Podcasts or Podchaser. uh sign up for our patreon the produced by david rosen patreon where we post bonus content from this podcast from awesome movie year and from my music career uh so lots of great content over there on patreon if you want to support us that way but just sharing the show is just the ultimate best thing it really helps make sure that new people get to find out about this podcast so thank you all so much for listening let's close this thing out with a piece of music like i always do and i gave a little shout out to a mutual friend of chad and mine uh alex kalana he's a filmmaker here in las vegas he had his films play at chad's old polygrind film festival and i worked with alex on a couple projects here and there over the years i haven't talked to him in a while i should uh get in touch with him but i'm going to play a piece of music i made for a little short film of his uh it's called roach and it's just this weird creepy dark video of uh basically a roach being eaten by ants um it's absolutely disgusting but very cool looking and uh i made this music to go along with it and i am planning one of the many projects i have slowly but surely in the works is an album of music from films that i've worked on uh that the music hasn't been released in any way other than within these films. And uh, I'm going to put together a compilation of some of that music, and this will be on it. So uh, it will eventually at some point be available on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. Uh, but for now, you can hear it right here. So check it out. It's called Roach. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon.
All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.